Welcome to Experience This, the podcast that celebrates remarkable customer experiences and inspires you to stand out from the competition by wowing your customers. Each episode, we bring you a healthy dose of inspiring stories, funny interactions, and practical takeaways. Marketing and customer experience thought leader, Dan Gingas. Shares the mic with customer retention and employee experience expert, Joey Coleman, helping you to get people talking about your business. So get ready, because it's time to experience this. Get ready for another episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss... A barista who showed genuine empathy for a customer in pain. A set of care and maintenance instructions that was seriously fun to read. And a theater experience that didn't begin or end well. Puppies, sunglasses, and movies. Oh, my. You listen to us. Now we want to listen to you by visiting our website and sharing your remarkable customer experiences with us, we can share them with a broader audience. Now sit back and enjoy our listener stories. So before we begin this episode, I just want to say with pure joy that all three stories today are listener-submitted stories. We love our listeners and we love it when you share your customer experience stories with us. Thank you so much. Super, super excited for this episode. It basically makes the show write itself, Joey. It really does. As we say all the time, the show writes itself, but here literally (laughs) the show does write itself, not only because they're just crazy experiences happening every day, but we have awesome listeners around the world who are sending us their favorite stories. So cool. We love it. Keep doing it. All right. So Joey... I know that you are not a pet owner at the moment, but you probably know that we pet owners can get a little attached to our pets. I mean, they literally become members of the family. You know, Dan, I do understand this. And I don't know that we've ever talked about this. And I don't think I've ever shared this publicly on the podcast. We did have pets growing up and we had dogs. And I, to be completely candid lost a number of dogs early on. And it's part of the reason why I'm not a pet owner because that kind of loss of a family member to your point about how attached we can become to our pets really shaped my experience of it. So I think I'll probably end up with a pet in the future, but uh, taking a little hiatus right now. I understand that and can supplement it by saying that it is the juice is worth the squeeze. It is it is worth uh, having the the love and the uh, and the companionship and all that. So I've been a pet owner for most of my life. I grew up with dogs. I switched over to cats for a little while. Had both for a time, and now I just have a dog. <laughs> but it is uh, it's wonderful. Anyway, way back in episode seventeen, that was season one. Like woo, season one, just pups, just pups, as they would say. Well, we shared a list, some listener stories about Chewy. Now, one of those stories was about what happened after a pet died. Astute listeners of the show will know that I'm a big Chewy fan, and we've talked about that brand several times since that initial episode. But in all fairness, Chewy is in the pet business, so it kind of makes sense that they would provide a great customer experience at every point in the pet supply buying process. But you know what company is not in the pet business? 
Oh man, there's a, I could, I could list a bunch, Dan. <laughs> there are a ton of companies not in the pet business. <laughs> well, that's good because it was a rhetorical question, Joey. Starbucks is not in the pet business. And yet today's listener story is about the loss of a pet and Starbucks. It is brought to us by Jamie Matzak, who is the education consultant at Wisconsin Valley Library Service. And here is Jamie's story. A few weeks ago, during a very busy day at work, my dog, a chocolate lab named Bailey, was showing signs of decline and I had to rush her to the vet's office. She was 12 and overall was always a healthy dog. But that day she had a tumor that ruptured quickly and unexpectedly. I had to make a relatively quick and painful decision to help her pass that day. It was not something I was expecting. After I left the vet's office, I was in shock. I didn't know what to do or where to go or what to think. I started heading home, but for some reason, my car took me to Starbucks. I thought a coffee might help, and Bailey loved Starbucks. I would always order a coffee and get her a puppy latte. A puppy latte is just whipped cream in a small cup. Bailey would always salivate as soon as we'd pull in the driveway. She knew Starbucks. So I ordered my latte and pulled up to the window. The barista asked how I was doing, and I just blurted. I just put my dog down and the ugly tears started. I thought, oh my gosh, she's going to think I'm crazy. But instead she looked at me with kindness and said, oh, I am so sorry. You are definitely not paying for your beverage today. And through my snotty sniffles, I nodded and said, okay, thank you. That's so nice. She handed me my drink. I said, I'm also wondering if I could have a puppy latte because this was her favorite Starbucks. The barista said, absolutely. She filled a small paper cup with whipped cream and gave that to me. Before I drove away, she said, you keep crying if you need to. It's okay. I said, thank you. I probably will. And we both laughed a bit. I will forever be a Starbucks fan, not because that barista gave me a free coffee, which was nice, but more so because in my moment of extreme pain, she said, I'm so sorry. It's okay to cry. That barista brought some light to a very dark and painful day. And I will never forget that interaction. Man, Joey, I don't know about you, but man, did I get the chills listening to that. And I actually had tears in my eyes after I heard it for the first time. And look, that's what happens, you know, being a pet owner. I too have had to say goodbye to too many pets and it is just gut-wrenching. And uh, I also can really relate to what she called the puppy lattes. I don't know if that's a Wisconsin thing. Here we call them either puppuccinos or sometimes they just call them pup cups. And I too get one for my dog. And it is like the cutest thing ever to just watch them lap up this, this whipped cream. But I've always thought it was such a brilliant idea by Starbucks to even offer them. I mean, as far as I can tell, these cups are not used for anything else. Like there, there's no drink that requires such a small cup. So they're there specifically for dog owners that come through the drive through And it's a brilliant way to connect with your customer. Now, that's not what this story was about. But tell me how you're thinking about Starbucks now that you've heard this story. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about Starbucks more positively because clearly they have figured out how to have pup cups or puppy lattes or whatever you want to call them in whatever jurisdiction you're going to your Starbucks in. And clearly they've they've built that in. And I presume that's part of their training. What I imagine is not part of their training, 
but is super impressive as seen in this story is empathy. And the idea of hiring employees who can show a customer in pain empathy. You know, lots of times when people think about uh, customer experience, they fail to connect it as strongly as they should to employee experience. And if we're going to be asking our employees to deliver remarkable experiences to our customers, we have to pay attention to the kind of employees we hire. Clearly, the barista that was hired by this Starbucks gets it. Now, whether she's actually a pet owner or not, kind of doesn't matter because she was cognizant enough and aware enough to recognize a customer in pain and not only comp them the drink, which, you know, to be candid, as uh, as was shared by Jamie in her story, that was kind of like, oh, that was nice, but that wasn't the thing that really moved the dial. The it's okay to keep crying is the thing that moved the dial. And I just think there's such opportunity for everyone listening in all of our businesses to sit down with our team members and say, how do we handle customers in pain? How do we handle customers that are having a bad day? How do we handle customers that are having a great day? How do we join in the celebration? Whatever we want to do to match and or acknowledge customer emotions is a great way to solidify their experience with our brand. Yeah, I totally agree. In fact, if this story does not include a free drink, it's still an amazing story. And it reminded me, I I have to tell you, my Rain Man powers must be fading because I cannot remember what episode, but it, it reminded me of some audio that you played about a gentleman that went to Children's Hospital with his son and saw the sign on the mirror that said, Hang in there, Dad. And I loved when he talks, he, he talks about how somebody just knew exactly what to say at the moment he needed to hear it. And I feel like this barista did the same thing. And you're right. It's about empathy. It's about a human connection. We know that especially during the last two years, consumers are crying out for human connection. They want it more than ever. And when you have employees that can do that and that are empowered to do it, it really creates an amazing experience. And obviously, Jamie's a Starbucks customer for life. And kudos to this barista for really understanding i'm going to guess she is a pet owner because you you know you it kind of takes one to know one but i really understanding what this woman was going through and what she needed to hear at that moment so if you too would like to share your listener story we want to hear it Here's the best way to do it. Just reach out to either me or Joey. Pick your favorite podcast host. Don't worry, the other one won't be offended. You can either go to, uh, you can either email dan at dangingus.com or joey at joeycoleman.com. I mean, don't we make it easy for you? Just send us an email, tell us your story. I can tell you ahead of time, we're going to ask you to record some audio of it up to two minutes if you can. Do it on your phone, do it on anything online. There's sites where you can record. You know, don't worry about making it perfect. Just give us your voice because, as you noticed from Jamie's, that emotion really comes through when we hear you. So send it to us. We'd love to include it in a future episode. Just because you have required elements of your business doesn't mean they need to be boring. It's time to get creative, have some fun, and make people sit up and take notice. Get your customers talking when you make the required remarkable. I received an email recently from Linda Holmes, who is an owner of Absolute Pest Control in Parker, Colorado. It read, Hello, Dan. 
I recently attended a conference, which is where I first heard about you and the Experience Maker. That certainly opened my eyes to the experiences around me and brought to mind one that stands out still. Last summer, I purchased a pair of Gooder brand sunglasses. While I love the sunglasses and the packaging, unbelievably, what delights me most is the care instructions. These instructions were printed on a little card and tucked into the package. I've attached a copy of the front and back of that card. Because I immediately shared the card with her, my 12-year-old granddaughter rarely misses a chance to ask if I cleaned my sunglasses with unicorn tears. Such fun. Now, Joey, I admit I hadn't heard of Gooder when uh, I got this email from Linda. So I went to their website, which is gooder.com. That's G-O-O-D-R.com. I got to tell you, I highly recommend just going to the website for an experience because... (laughs) I love it. I love it. It's, it's pretty rare that we give a shout out to go check out a gooder, better website. I love it. It's great. I, I mean, look, there were two elements that I saw in it that uh, I wanted to bring to the listeners' attention. Number one is there's some required remarkable parts of your business. That's why we have this segment, right? There are required parts of your business that can be boring, but don't have to be boring. And when you make them remarkable, it's a great way to create an experience where one doesn't already exist. Now, Gooder does this in their care instructions, which we're going to read in just a second, but they also do it throughout their website. I mean, their menus are fun. The whole scrolling experience is great. I definitely recommend that you check it out. The other thing is, is that Gooder is using what I refer to in my own wiser methodology as wittiness. They're being witty, which is not being hilarious, but being clever, using language to your advantage and again, refusing to be boring. So Gooder is doing a really good job at this. So I want to read you the Gooder Guide to Proper Eyewear Care and Maintenance, aka how to have and keep nice things. Now, it says at the beginning, just because our sunglasses are affordable, it doesn't mean you should treat them like Ramsey Bolton treated Theon. (laughs) Oh, I'll bet you get that reference, don't you, Joey? I do. I do. That is a very subtle, not so subtle reference to Game of Thrones. And it's like, if you get it, that's why people will start laughing like I just did. And if you don't, it's okay too. But oh my goodness, we get a real taste of what is to come by that opening volley. Indeed, indeed. And then it says, by following the instructions below, you can help ensure that your sunglasses will outlive you and your children. So there's a chart set up on the back of this card. And on the left, you have cleaning, storage, and usage. And across the top, you have bad, good, and gooder, G-O-O-D-R. So let me give you an example of cleaning. Bad is don't use any paper products, tissue or paper towels, or sandpaper or corrosive acid. (laughs) Good then says, do use warm water and mild dish soap, cleaning them with a cloth or the microfiber bag. But gooder is do use the tears of unicorns and the softest cherub feathers. Be careful, cherubs bite. I love it. It's playful. It's fun. It's engaging. It's making me smile. We go to the next row for storage. Bad storage. Don't throw them into a backpack unprotected or into a sarlacc pit. Because <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of doing. Totally. And obviously, for those of you that are not Star Wars and more specifically Mandalorian fans or Boba Fett fans, you know, the sarlacc pit is, yeah, it's, it's worth watching or Googling if you haven't. All right, good. 
Do put them into the microfiber bag when storing them. Gooder. Do place them on a velvet pillow in a secure vault guarded by smog. And smog is? I believe smog is from is the dragon from the Lord of the Rings story. Am I correct? You are, according to Wikipedia. You are. Well done. <laughs> that, was, that was trying to remember that. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the dragon's name. Nice. So again, lots of embedded little cultural, cultural and yeah. literary references. I love it. I love yeah. it. So finally, with usage bad, don't stare directly at the sun or drive at night. Do we really need to say this? You know, driving at night with sunglasses? Oh, boy. Good. It says, do stare at wonderful scenery illuminated by the glorious sun god Ra. All hail Ra. And gooder, do wear your sunglasses at night so you can keep track of the visions in your eyes. So... Look, this is a required part of their business, right? We got to have the eyewear care and maintenance card or, or some sort of instructions on, on how to keep your sunglasses in good shape. But it doesn't have to be boring. And somebody took a lot of time to make this interesting. And if we go back to what Linda wrote in her email, while I love the sunglasses and the packaging, unbelievably, what delights me most is the care instructions. Now, Joey, did you ever think you'd hear somebody say that? I've never had an experience where somebody shouted out the care instructions or frankly, any of the instructions or the manual that comes with any product. And that was the piece that really stood out to me in her email. And I can understand why as we examine the care card, I think you're so spot on in terms of the, uh, you know, the fact that this is a required piece, but it's not nearly required at all to be boring. In fact, it's the opposite of that. We should be requiring the brands we do business with to be playful, to be engaging, to, to spark a little bit of a smile. Because here's the thing that came up for me reading this for the first time. Once I read the first one that said the sandpaper or corrosive acid, I was like, oh, these are all going to be funny. You and had me I at hello, read, yeah, Exactly. And I read the entire card. And how many times do we run into businesses where they say, oh, well, you didn't read the directions or you didn't read all the way through to the fine print. And we've talked about this on the show before. There is an opportunity in every single communication you share with your customers to have fun, to be engaging, to call out little nostalgia points. You know, maybe not everybody knows that Smog is the dragon in the Lord of the Rings series, but the ones that do are going to laugh. And the ones that don't might at this point, having laughed at some of the other things go, gosh, what is that? And they go on Wikipedia and they look it up and they're like, oh, that's hysterical. And now you're creating a level of engagement that I don't think most sunglass companies get, period, let alone with their care and maintenance instructions. I totally agree. And so I say all hail gooder. And thanks to Linda for sharing this experience with us. If you would like to share a memorable customer experience, you remember those emails? Super easy. Dan at dangingus.com, Joey at joeycoleman.com. Just send us your experience and we would love to share it in a future episode. Your customers are real people, not numbers in a queue. That's why Help Scout lets you manage conversations, not tickets. Join us now for Conversation Corner. Hey, it is Matt from the customer service platform Help Scout here. I've got the question of the day for you, Joey. What is your favorite CX scene from a movie? 
Uh, this is a great conversation starter, Matt. You know, I gotta go with Pretty Woman, the classic 1990 film starring Julia Roberts. You know, there's this great scene in the movie where Julia Roberts needs to go out shopping for a new dress. And she finds herself walking into a high-end boutique. She goes in and she's checking out the various outfits and working her way through the store. And she shares that she's looking for something conservative. She then asks the sales associate in the store, how much does this dress cost? And the associate replies back, I'm not sure this would fit you. You're obviously in the wrong place. After a few more snide remarks from the sales associate, the scene ends with Julia Roberts walking out of the boutique. Now cut to a scene later in the movie when Julia Roberts walks back into that same high-end boutique, except now she is fully decked out looking fabulous with a beautiful black hat and a stunning white dress and gloves. She's got her arms laden down with shopping bags and she goes up to the same sales associate as before and says, hey, do you remember me? I was in here the other day and you wouldn't wait on me. You work on commission, right? Big mistake, big, huge. I have to go shopping now. And once again, she exits the boutique. The moral of the story, I think, for this scene is that we often make assumptions and presumptions about our customers, about whether they're going to be a good customer, about whether they're a good fit for our products or our services, about what their lifetime value is going to be, without really taking the time to get to know them and understand the story behind their story and what they will actually be like as a customer. Love it. That is a great scene. I think something that's it's quite satisfying to see someone actually <laughs> go back and, and kind of throw it in a face. I agree. You know, lots of times we've all had those scenarios and you're like, oh, oh, if I only would have known what to say in the moment. And Julia Roberts does a great job of bringing it full circle. She does. Uh, usually in the tech world that I work in, you know, you don't get to see customers, you just lose them. They never come back. You never, you never quite get that obvious ending to the story, but it definitely happens. But I know that's actually not the case with folks that use Help Scout, right? A lot of the people that are on the platform and using your tools and services to connect better with their customers actually stay for a long time and keep coming back for more, right, Matt? That's right. We, we find that uh, our customers, once they get in there, they tend to stay for years at a time, which, you know, to us means they're getting what they need out of this system. It's helping them to help their customers. Hopefully not to give them the uh, Julia Roberts experience, but a better experience than that. I love it, Matt. Who would have thought we could learn so much about customer experience from the movie Pretty Woman? We'd love to have you go check out helpscout.com slash experience this. That's the URL, helpscout.com slash experience this where you can find a link to the video clip from Pretty Woman that we were talking about, access some special customer experience resources that Matt and his team have put together for you, sign up for Matt's newsletter, and learn more about the amazing folks at Help Scout and what they can do to help you create the kind of remarkable customer experiences that your customers want and need. You listen to us. Now we want to listen to you. By visiting our website and sharing your remarkable customer experiences with us, we can share them with a broader audience. Now sit back and enjoy our listener stories. Jesse B. Good 
is a customer service and customer experience speaker and trainer who says he has facilitated more than 1 million customer service experiences and counting. He's an avid listener of the show and also a regular contributor to my weekly video series, The Experience Maker Live, which <clears throat> airs uh, live on Thursdays at noon on LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. <laughs> All right. Now, Jesse sent me an email recently, which I think you're going to enjoy, Joey. It says, Hey, Dan. I hope you're doing well. I don't usually listen to podcasts, but I make time to listen to Experience This every day. It's not just the best CX podcast. It might be the best podcast out there. Seriously. Oh, so kind. Seriously. I think what you guys do is really different. And I love the segment format of the show. I get to be kind of an obsessive nerd sometimes. So I've started at the first episode and I'm working my way through. I just finished episode 54 and it's become a staple in my day. I'm sure you guys are working on the next season. I have a wild story about trying to get a refund from a movie theater after a bad experience. So of course, I asked Jesse to record his story. And you can tell this guy is a speaker. Here comes Jesse B. Good's movie theater story. Hey, Dan and Joey. My wife and I recently went to the movie theater. Since we moved to a new city a few months ago, we went to the only theater in town, one we'd never been to before. Now, to be clear, while this is the only theater, it's not some mom-and-pop type business. It's a global brand with more than a 1,000 screens that was grossing over $5 billion in revenue BC. That's before COVID. I could complain about a dozen things, including the cleanliness of the facility, or rather the lack thereof, the slow speed of service, or the outdated ticketing system. Or I could complain that the police arrived and arrested a man during our movie. Then they returned and questioned other guests in the auditorium during the movie. Dissatisfied with the entire experience, my wife and I left an hour into the film. Despite all of that, I wasn't that frustrated until I sought a refund for our poor experience. This company's website, remember this is a global brand, offers no way to directly connect with the company. The contact link only took me to an FAQ page with no way to message, email, or call someone directly. So I took to the socials. I messaged them on Facebook, but didn't receive an initial response. I dusted off my old Twitter account, which hasn't been used in years. Sorry, Dan. And tagged the company. Dan, I'm not kidding, that was his name, Dan responded quickly, but explained that I would need to return to the theater for a refund. However, the next day, Brittany responded to my Facebook message and easily initiated a refund for my online ticket purchase. I don't think Dan, who runs the Twitter account, and Brittany, who runs the Facebook account, even know each other. I understand the times are hard for movie theaters, especially during COVID. I'll give them a pass on someone being arrested. That's not even necessarily their fault. But what is in their power is making it easy for customers to complain and get a quick, unified resolution to those complaints. <laughs> now, I don't know if you could hear me laughing in the background while Jesse was sharing this story, but I was losing it over here. They arrested someone during the movie. I mean, the recovering criminal defense lawyer and me just, you know, imagine that happening at a movie I was at and me wanting to run after the guy and give him a card and tell him not to answer any questions. But I digress. 
First of all, Jesse, love that you shared this story. Second of all, love even more that you are not on Twitter. You are my brother from another mother. I absolutely love it. Third of all, oh my goodness, what a comedy of errors. And it really gets to something that I know, Dan, is near and dear to your heart, which is that idea of customer service and customer care being done by social. And we need to make sure that the various parts of our business are connected to each other. How do Dan and Brittany not know that they're both responding to the same customer or as it seems, not responding to the same customer? Absolute insanity. I would also like to briefly note that... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still laughing about the guy getting arrested during the movie. How <laughs> Wait, did the but people... My favorite, part, my favorite part is they came back and questioned the audience during the movie. <laughs> I guarantee you those interviews will not hold up in court, okay? I, I'm just, I'm laughing at every piece of this. But here's the thing, you bring up an excellent point. When they're doing interviews of customers in the lobby during the movie, that should have been a signal to the manager on duty that they should be just standing at the door handing people money and or tickets for future shows. Like just right then and right there. Don't make people go ask for the refund. Don't make people search out the answer. Just say, oh my gosh, this is chaos. We need to acknowledge this in the moment. Break up on the cash register. Get a boatload of candy and say, take your pick at Candy Bar on us today. We know this was insane. There's so many opportunities to take a bad experience and turn it into a good experience. And it sadly, it seems like the theater missed all of these. You know, I love to talk about the concept of a leaky bucket, which is customers <laughs> that leave you and never come back. But I never thought of the whole bucket just basically exploding. Right? And the bucket isn't <laughs> leaking. The bucket had the bottom blown out. It's spilling out the yeah. top and someone got arrested for holding the bucket. Yes, exactly. So uh, I could, I, I agree with you. I mean, first of all, Jesse, I mean, the only thing we didn't hear about was how bad the popcorn was, right? I mean, th th this was a comedy of errors, as you mentioned. And I do want to talk about the social media piece, uh, as I think you probably thought I would. First of all, what happened here used to happen across social and non-social channels. So what would happen is people would call up on the phone, they'd be told no, then they would go to social media and they'd be told yes. And of course, unfortunately, what that taught people was, we'll just forget the phone altogether, go straight to social media. And so one of the things I've always advised companies and clients is when you train your customer service agents, give them, empower them in the same way so that every customer gets the same answer no matter what channel they choose. Well, and Dan, one problem, if I forgive me for interrupting, one problem with this move to everything playing out on social is it means all the complaints are public. See, when somebody used to call and complain or send an email to complain, the only people that knew about that were the recipient at the corporation, the original sender, and whoever the sender told about it. If you are forcing your people to go to social because you're not providing proper contact info like this movie theater was, you're basically saying, hey, if you have a problem with us, go to the most public place and scream about it. Yeah, exactly. And draw enough attention that the whole world will get to watch to see if we handle this properly or not. It, you're, you're upping your own stakes and, and your risk for disaster. Yeah, and there's also an element here of the channel of first resort versus the channel of last resort. So Jesse's first attempt was to go to the website and to figure this out 
himself or to have a private conversation, preferably via chat or email. By pushing him to social media and now social being his channel of last resort, we have to keep in mind that he's now frustrated that previous service channels have not helped him. So not only is he going to the public channel, but he's mad. Right? Yeah, it's just not exactly. a good combination. <laughs> no. Hey, I got an idea. Let's give them a megaphone why they're irritated. Not a recipe for success, friends. Yeah. So listen, folks, uh, first of all, Jesse, fantastic story. And Love this story, Jesse. A great and telling we, of the story as yes. well. But we appreciate it. Look, there's so much here to take away. And some of it, a lot of it seems obvious. We know that. And yet experiences like this still happen in 2022. So what can we learn? Okay, if we've got a problem with cleanliness and service and an outdated ticketing system and clearly customer service, we need to retrain some people and we need to take a whole look at our customer journey. Joey and I can help with that, by the way, if you're a movie theater that's listening. <laughs> Secondly... On your website, on your mobile app, in your physical locations, you have to give people the ability to contact somebody because a customer is inevitably at some point going to have a problem. I never understand why companies go through so much effort to not speak with customers. You know, if we don't have customers, we don't have a business. So it's a privilege to talk to your customers. You should want to hear from them even when they're complaining because if they're complaining... They're doing so because they actually care and want you to fix it. Otherwise, they become part of that leaky bucket where they just go to your competitor and they're gone forever. Thirdly is social media should not be a channel of last resort. Because once people go through other channels, they're going to be in a really bad mood and then they're going to go public with it. It's a great channel for first resort. Once you realize that it can be a great channel for getting what you want from a company as long as you're respectful, as long as you're calm, etc. And finally, this idea of departments not communicating with each other. This is the first time I've ever seen this idea of having either different authority or giving different answers on two social channels because usually that's the same team. So that's <laughs> really bizarre. And it does seem that Dan and Brittany have never met each other. And so that's a big problem. Communication across your different departments is so important, not just in customer service, but also in building the customer experience. Because if we're not talking with each other, then we're all working independently. And that comes out in the experience. All right. If you would like to share your listener story with us here at The Experience of This Show, I think you know what to do already. You see, we got these two emails. They're super easy. We got dan at dangingus.com. We got joey at joeycoleman.com. Send an email to either one of us. Tell us your story. We're probably going to ask you to record some audio because it's so much more fun to hear it. You can do that on your phone. You can do that on any website that allows you to do it. It's really easy. Just Google it and find and give us two minutes of audio. Not much more because we got a, show, a whole show to do. But pack it into two minutes. Give us your best story and we will feature you on a future episode of Experience This. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. You're the best listener ever. And since you listened to the whole show... Yay, you! We're curious. Was there a specific part of this episode that you enjoyed the most? If so, it would mean the world to us if you could share it with a coworker, a friend, or someone that just loves listening to podcasts. And while you're in the sharing mood, if you felt inclined to jump over to iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts, and write us a review, we would so appreciate it. And when you do, 
don't forget to let us know as we might have a little surprise for you. Thanks again for your time and we'll see you next week for more Experience. Yes.